0: Welcome to today's Triple Z. The Triple Z Podcast is a daily program that you can use to help you fall asleep each night. Just turn down the volume, lay back, relax, and enjoy as you fall asleep. We saw that our podcast was topping the charts in Kuwait. So we are going to read their Wikipedia entry. Let's learn about this interesting country in the dullest way possible. If you enjoy our program, please be sure to write us a review on your podcast platform and share us with a friend. You both might sleep just a little better at night. Our website is triple Z, that's 3 z's dot media. You can also like and share our content on Facebook or our Instagram account, ZZZMedia Media Podcast. Music for today's episode was provided by the Sleep Channel on Spotify. Kuwait, officially the state of Kuwait, is a country in the Middle East. It is situated in the northern edge of eastern Arabia at the tip of the Persian Gulf, bordering Iraq to the north and Saudi Arabia to the south. Kuwait also shares maritime borders with Iran. Kuwait has a coastal length of approximately 500 kilometers, 311 miles. Most of the country's population reside in the urban agglomeration of the capital and largest city, Kuwait City. As of 2022, Kuwait has a population of 4.45 million people of which 1.45 million are Kuwaiti citizens while the remaining 3.00 million are foreign nationals from over 100 countries. Historically, most of present-day Kuwait was part of ancient Mesopotamia. Before the discovery of oil, Kuwait was a strategic trade port between Mesopotamia, Persia, and India. Oil reserves were discovered in commercial quantities in 1938. In 1946, crude oil was exported for the first time. From 1946 to 1982, the country underwent large-scale modernization, largely based on income from oil production. In the 1980s, Kuwait experienced a period of geopolitical instability and an economic crisis following the stock market crash. In 1990, after oil production disputes with neighboring Iraq, Kuwait was invaded and later annexed into one of Iraq's governorates by Iraq under Saddam Hussein. The Iraqi occupation of Kuwait came to an end on February 26. 1991 after military intervention by a military coalition led by the United States and various other countries. As an Arab state in the Persian Gulf, Kuwait is an emirate. The Emir is the head of state and the al-Sabah is the ruling family which dominates the country's political system. Kuwait's official state religion is Islam, specifically the Maliki school of Sunni Islam. Kuwait is a developing country with a high-income economy backed by the world's 6th largest oil reserves. Kuwaiti popular culture, in the form of theater, radio, music, and television soap opera, is regionally influential and exported to neighboring GCC states. In 2009, Kuwait had the highest human development index in the Arab world. Kuwait is a founding member of the GCC and is also a member of the UN, AL, OPEC, and the OIC. In July 2022, Kuwait named the Emir's son as the country's new prime minister to replace caretaker Premier Sheikh Sabah al-Khalid who faced a combative parliament as head of cabinet and a feud hindering fiscal reform. The country's name is from the Arabic diminutive form meaning fortress built near water. Since 1961, the official name of the state is the state of Kuwait. Following the post-glacial flooding of the Persian Gulf Basin, debris from the Tigris-Euphrates River formed a substantial delta, creating most of the land in present-day Kuwait and establishing the present coastlines. One of the earliest evidence of human habitation in Kuwait dates back to 800 BC where Mesolithic tools were found in Bergen. Historically, most of present-day Kuwait was part of ancient Mesopotamia. During the Abe period, 6500 BC, Kuwait was the central site of interaction between the peoples of Mesopotamia and Neolithic Eastern Arabia, including Bara 1 and Site H3 in Subiya. The Neolithic inhabitants of Kuwait were among the world's earliest maritime traders. One of the world's earliest reboats was discovered at Site H3 dating back to the Abay period. Other Neolithic sites in Kuwait are located in Chiron and Sulebekat. Mesopotamians first settled in the Kuwaiti island of Philaka in 2000 BC. Traders from the Sumerian city of Uar inhabited Philaka and ran a mercantile business. The island had many Mesopotamian style buildings typical of those found in Iraq dating from around 2000 BC. In 400 BC until 2000 BC, Kuwait was home to the Dilmun civilization. Dilmun included Al Shadadiyya, Akaz, Amenamel, and Filaka. At its peak in 2000 BC, Dilmun controlled the Persian Gulf trading routes. During the Dilmun era, from ca 300 BC, Phyllaka was known as Avaram, the land of Inzac, a great god in the Dilmun civilization, according to Sumerian cuneiform texts found on the island. As part of Dilmun, Philaka became a hub for the civilization from the end of the third to the middle of the first millennium BC. After the Dilmun civilization, Phylaka was inhabited by the Kassites of Mesopotamia, and was formerly under the control of the Kassite dynasty of Babylon. Studies indicate traces of human settlement can be found on Phylaka dating back to as early as the end of the 3rd millennium BC and extending until the 20th century AD. Many of the artifacts found in Philaka are linked to Mesopotamian civilizations and seem to show that Philaka was gradually drawn toward the civilization based in Antioch. Under Nebuchadnezzar II, the Bay of Kuwait was under Babylonian control. Cuneiform documents found in Philaka indicate the presence of Babylonians in the island's population. Babylonian kings were present in Philaka during the Neo Babylonian Empire period. Nabonidus had a governor in Philaka, and Nebuchadnezzar too had a palace and temple in Philica. Philaka also contained temples dedicated to the worship of Shamash, the Mesopotamian sun god in the Babylonian pantheon. Following the fall of Babylon, the Bay of Kuwait came under the control of the Achaemenid Empire. See, BC as the bay was repopulated after seven centuries of abandonment. Philaka was under the control of the Achaemenid Empire as evidenced by the archaeological discovery of Achaemenid strata. There are Aramaic inscriptions that testify Achaemenid presence. In 4th century BC, the ancient Greeks colonized the Bay of Kuwait under Alexander the Great. The ancient Greeks named mainland Kuwait Larissa and Phylaka was named Icaros. The Bay of Kuwait was named Hyros Kalpos. According to Strabo and Arian, Alexander the Great named Phylaka Icaros because it resembled the Aegean island of that name in size and shape. Some elements of Greek mythology were mixed with the local cults. Icaros was also the name of a prominent city situated in Phylaka. Large Hellenistic forts and Greek temples were uncovered. Archaeological remains of Greek colonization were also discovered in Akaz, chas, Aminamel, and Subiya. At the time of Alexander the Great, the mouth of the Euphrates River was located in northern Kuwait. The Euphrates River flowed directly into the Persian Gulf via Corsubia, which was a river channel at the time. Philaka was located 15 kilometers from the mouth of the Euphrates River. By the first century BC, the Corsubia River channel dried out completely. In 127 BC, Kuwait was part of the Parthian Empire and the Kingdom of Kerosene was established around Terridan in present-day Kuwait. Kerosene was centered in the region encompassing southern Mesopotamia. Kerosene coins were discovered in Akaz, a, kaz, a menamel, and Philaca. A busy Parthian commercial station was situated in Kuwait. The earliest recorded mention of Kuwait was in 150 AD in the geographical treatise Geography by Greek scholar Ptolemy. Ptolemy mentioned the Bay of Kuwait as Hieros Kalpos, Caesar Sinus in the Latin versions. In 224 AD, Kuwait became part of the Sassanid Empire. At the time of the Sassanid Empire, Kuwait was known as Meshen, which was an alternative name of the kingdom of kerosene. Akaz was a parthos sasanian site, the Sassani of Religion's Tower of Silence was discovered in northern Akaz. Late Sasanian settlements were discovered in Phylaka. In Bibian, there is archaeological evidence of Sasanian to early Islamic periods of human presence as evidenced by the recent discovery of torpedo jar pottery shards on several prominent beach ridges. Most of present-day Kuwait is still archaeologically unexplored. According to several famous archaeologists and geologists, Kuwait was likely the original location of the Pishan River which watered the mythical Garden of Eden, Surens argued that the Garden of Eden was situated at the head of the Persian Gulf, present-day Kuwait, where the Tigris and Euphrates Rivers run into the sea from his research on this area using information from many different sources, including Landsat images from space. His suggestion about the Pishon River was supported by James A. Sauer of the American Center of Oriental Research Sauer made an argument from geology and history that Pishan River was the now defunct Kuwait River. With the aid of satellite photos, Farouk al-Bas traced the dry channel from Kuwait up the Wadi al Batin. In 636 AD, the Battle of Chains between the Sasanid Empire and Rashidun Caliphate was fought in Kuwait. At the time, Kuwait was under the control of the Sasanid Empire. The Battle of Chains was the first battle of the Rashidun Caliphate in which the Muslim army sought to extend its frontiers. As a result of Rashidun victory in 636 AD, the Bay of Kuwait was home to the city of Kazma, also known as Kadima or Kazima, in the early Islamic era. Medieval Arabic sources contain multiple references to the Bay of Kuwait in the early Islamic period. According to medieval sources, the city functioned as a trade port and resting place for pilgrims on their way from Iraq to Hejaz. The city was controlled by the Kingdom of al hira in Iraq. In the early Islamic period, the Bay of Kuwait was known for being a fertile area. The Kuwaiti city of Kazma was also a stop for caravans coming from Persia and Mesopotamia en route to the Arabian Peninsula. The poet Al farazdaq recognized as one of the greatest classical poets of the Arabs, was born in the Kuwaiti city of Kazma. Christian Nestorian settlements flourished across the Bay of Kuwait from the 5th century until the 9th century. Excavations have revealed several farms, villages, and two large churches dating from the 5th and 6th century. Archaeologists are currently excavating nearby sites to understand the extent of the settlements that flourished in the 8th and 9th centuries A.D. An old island tradition is that a community grew up around a Christian mystic and hermit. The small farms and villages were eventually abandoned. Remains of Byzantine-era Nestorian churches were found in Akaz and Alcusar. Pottery at the site can be dated from as early as the first half of the 7th century through the 9th century. In 1521, Kuwait was under Portuguese control. In the late 16th century, the Portuguese built a defensive settlement in Kuwait. In 1613, Kuwait city was founded as a fishing village. Administratively, it was a sheikdom. Ruled by local sheikhs from Bani Khalid clan. In 1682 or 1716, the Bani Abbas settled in Kuwait City, which at this time was still inhabited by fishermen and primarily functioned as a fishing village under Bani Khalid control. Sometime after the death of the Bani Khalid's leader Barak Bin Yerair and the fall of the Bani Khalid Emirate, the Udab were able to wrest control of Kuwait as a result of successive matrimonial alliances. In the early 18th century, Kuwait prospered as a maritime port city and rapidly became the principal commercial center for the transit of goods between Baghdad, India, Muscat, and the Arabian Peninsula. By the mid-1700s, Kuwait had established itself as a major trading route from the Persian Gulf to Aleppo. During the Persian Siege of Basra in 1775-79, Iraqi merchants took refuge in Kuwait and were partly instrumental in the expansion of Kuwait's boat-building and trading activities. As a result, Kuwait's maritime commerce boomed as the Indian trade routes with Baghdad, Aleppo, Smyrna and Constantinople were diverted to Kuwait during this time. The East India Company was diverted to Kuwait in 1792. The East India Company secured the sea routes between Kuwait, India, and the east coasts of Africa. After the Persians withdrew from Basra in 1779, Kuwait continued to attract trade away from Basra. The flight of many of Basra's leading merchants to Kuwait continued to play a significant role in Basra's commercial stagnation well into the 1850s. According to Kuwaiti authors, the instability in Basra helped foster economic prosperity in Kuwait. In the late 18th century, Kuwait was a haven for Basra merchants fleeing Ottoman persecution. Kuwait was the center of boat-building in the Persian Gulf its ships renowned throughout the Indian Ocean. Kuwaitis also developed a reputation as the best sailors in the Persian Gulf. In the 19th century, Kuwait became significant in the horse trade with regular shipments and sailing vessels. In the mid-19th century, it was estimated that Kuwait exported an average of 800 horses to India annually. In the 1890s, Threatened by the Ottoman Empire, ruler Sheikh Mubarak al-Sabah signed an agreement with the British government in India, subsequently known as the Anglo-Kuwaiti Agreement of 1899, making Kuwait a British protectorate. This gave Britain exclusive access and trade with Kuwait, while denying Ottoman provinces to the north a port on the Persian Gulf. The Sheikhdom of Kuwait remained a British protectorate until 1961. During the reign of Mubarak, Kuwait was dubbed the Marseilles of the Persian Gulf because its economic vitality attracted a large variety of people. The population was cosmopolitan, ethnically and religiously diverse, including Arabs, Persians, Africans, Jews, and Armenians. Kuwait was known for its religious tolerance. After the Anglo-Ottoman Convention of 1913, Kuwait was established as an autonomous kaza, or district, of the Ottoman Empire and a de facto protectorate of Great Britain. In the first decades of the 20th century, Kuwait had a well-established elite, wealthy trading families linked by marriage and shared economic interests, long settled in urban, most claiming descent from the original three Bani Utubai families. The wealthiest were merchants who acquired their wealth from long-distance commerce, shipbuilding, and pearling. They were a cosmopolitan elite who traveled extensively to India, Africa, and Europe and educated their sons abroad more than other Gulf Arab elite. Western visitors noted the Kuwaiti elite used European office systems, typewriters, and followed European culture with curiosity the riches were involved in general trade. The Kuwaiti merchant families of al Ghanim and al Ahmad were estimated to be worth millions before the 1940s. In the early 20th century, Kuwait immensely declined in regional economic importance mainly due to many trade blockades and the World Economic Depression. Before Mary Bruins Allison visited Kuwait in 1934, Kuwait lost its prominence in long-distance trade. During World War I, the British Empire imposed a trade blockade against Kuwait because Kuwait's ruler at the time, Salim al-Mubarak al-Sabah, supported the Ottoman Empire. The British economic blockade heavily damaged Kuwait's economy. In 1919, Sheikh Salim al-Mubarak al-Sabah intended to build a commercial city in the south of Kuwait. This caused a diplomatic crisis with Najd, but Britain intervened, discouraging Sheikh Salim. In 1920, an attempt by the Ikhwan to build a stronghold in southern Kuwait led to the Battle of Hamd. The Battle of Hamd involved 2,000 Ikhwan fighters against 100 Kui Cavalrymen and 200 Kui Infantrymen. The battle lasted for six days and resulted in heavy but unknown casualties on both sides resulting in the victory of the Ikhwan forces and leading to the Battle of Jara around the Kuwait Red Fort. The Battle of Jara happened as the result of the Battle of Hamd. A force of three to 4,000 Ikwan, led by Faisal al-Dash, attacked the Red Fort at al-Jara, defended by 1,500 men. The fort was besieged and the Kuwaiti position precarious, had the fort fallen, Kuwait would likely have been incorporated into Ibn Salad's empire. The Ikwan attack repulsed for the while, negotiations began between Salim and al-Dash, The latter threatened another attack if the Kuwaiti forces did not surrender. The local merchant class convinced Salim to call in help from British troops who showed up with airplanes and three warships ending the attacks. After the Battle of Jara, Ibn Saud's warriors, the Ikhwan, demanded that Kuwait follow five rules – evict all the Shias, adopt the Ikhwan Doctrine, label the Turks heretics, abolish smoking, munker, and prostitution, and destroy the American Missionary Hospital. The Kuwait-Nash War of 1919-20 erupted in the aftermath of World War I. The war occurred because Ibn Saim Naj wanted to annex Kuwait. The sharpened conflict between Kuwait and Naj led to the death of hundreds of Kuwaitis. The war resulted in sporadic border clashes throughout 1919-1920. to When Percy Cox was informed of the border clashes in Kuwait, he sent a letter to the ruler of Arabistan Sheikh Kazal ibn Jabbar offering the Kuwaiti throne to either him or one of his heirs. Kazal refused. He then asked, even so, do you think that you have come to me with something new? Al Mubarak's position as ruler of Kuwait means that I am the true ruler of Kuwait. So there is no difference between myself and them, for they are like the dearest of my children and you are aware of this. Had someone else come to me with this offer, I would have complained about them to you. So how do you come to me with this offer when you are well aware that myself and Al Mubarak are one soul in one house, what affects them affects me? whether good or evil. Following the Kuwait-Nash War in 1919-20, Ibn Saud imposed a trade blockade against Kuwait from the years 1923 until 1937. The goal of the Saudi economic and military attacks on Kuwait was to annex as much of Kuwait's territory as possible. At the Lakhir Conference in 1922, the boundaries of Kuwait and Nash were set As a result of British interference, Kuwait had no representative at the Waqir conference. After the Waqir conference, Kuwait was still subjected to a Saudi economic blockade and intermittent Saudi raiding. The Great Depression harmed Kuwait's economy starting in the late 1920s. International trading was one of Kuwait's main sources of income before oil. Kuwaiti merchants were mostly intermediary merchants. As a result of the decline of European demand for goods from India and Africa, Kuwait's economy suffered. The decline in international trade resulted in an increase in gold smuggling by Kuwaiti ships to India. Some Kuwaiti merchant families became rich from this smuggling. Kuwait's pearl industry also collapsed as a result of the worldwide economic depression. At its height, Kuwait's pearl industry had led the world's luxury market, regularly sending out between 750 and 800 ships to meet the European elite's desire for pearls. During the economic depression, luxuries like pearls were in little demand. The Japanese invention of culture pearls also contributed to the collapse of Kuwait's pearl industry. In 1937, Freya Stark wrote about the extent of poverty in Kuwait at the time, Poverty has settled in Kuwait more heavily since my last visit five years ago, both by sea, where the pearl trade continues to decline, and by land, where the blockade established by Saudi Arabia now harms the merchants. Attempts made by King Faisal of Iraq to build a railway to Kuwait and port facilities on the Gulf were rejected by Britain. These and other similar British colonial policies make Kuwait a focus of the Arab national movement in Iraq and a symbol of Iraqi humiliation at the hands of the British. Throughout the 1930s, Kuwaiti people opposed the British imposed separation of Kuwait from Iraq. In 1938, the Free Kuwaiti Movement was established by Kuwaiti youth who opposed British rule and submitted a petition requesting the Iraqi government reunifies Kuwait and Iraq. Due to fears of armed uprising in Kuwait, the al-Sabah agreed to the establishment of a legislative council to represent the Free Kuwaiti Movement demanding the reunification of Iraq and Kuwait. The Council's first meeting in 1938 resulted in unanimous resolutions demanding the reunification of Kuwait and Iraq. On February 22nd, 1938, oil was first discovered in the Bergen field. In March 1939, a popular armed uprising erupted within Kuwait to reunify with Iraq. The Al-Sabah family, along with British military support, violently put down the uprising and killed and imprisoned its participants. King Ghazi of Iraq publicly demanded the release of the Kuwaiti prisoners and won the Al Sabah family to end the repression of the Free Kauai movement. Between 1946 and 1982, Kuwait experienced a period of prosperity driven by oil and its liberal atmosphere. In popular discourse, The years between 1946 and 1982 are referred to as the Golden Era of Kuwait. In 1950, a major public work program began to enable Kuwaitis to enjoy a modern standard of living. By 1952, the country became the largest oil exporter in the Persian Gulf region. This massive growth attracted many foreign workers, especially from Palestine, India, and Egypt, with the latter being particularly political within the context of the era of Cold War. It was also in 1952 that the first master plan of Kuwait was designed by the British planning firm of Minoprio, Spensley, and Macfarlane. In June 1961, Kuwait became independent with the end of the British Protectorate and the Sheikh Abdullah al Salim al-Sabah became Amir of Kuwait. Kuwait's National Day, however, is celebrated on February 25th, the anniversary of the coronation of Sheikh Abdullah. It was originally celebrated on June 19th, the day of independence, but concerns over the summer heat caused the government to move it. Under the terms of the newly drafted constitution, Kuwait held its first parliamentary elections in 1963. Kuwait was the first of the Arab states of the Persian Gulf to establish a constitution and parliament. Although Kuwait formally gained independence in 1961, Iraq initially refused to recognize the country's independence by maintaining that Kuwait is part of Iraq, albeit Iraq later briefly backed down following a show of force by Britain and Arab League support of Kuwait's independence. The short-lived Operation Vantage crisis evolved in July 1961 as the Iraqi government threatened to invade Kuwait and the invasion was finally averted following plans by the Arab League to form an international Arab force against the potential Iraqi invasion of Kuwait. As a result of Operation Vantage, the Arab League took over the border security of Kuwait and the British had withdrawn their forces by October 19th. Iraqi Prime Minister Abd al-Karim Qasim was killed in a coup in 1963, but although Iraq recognized Kuwaiti independence and the military threat was perceived to be reduced, Britain continued to monitor the situation and kept forces available to protect Kuwait until 1971. There had been no Iraqi military action against Kuwait at the time, this was attributed to the political and military situation within Iraq which continued to be unstable. A treaty of friendship between Iraq and Kuwait was signed in 1963 by which Iraq recognized the 1932 border of Kuwait. After the 1967 Six Day War, Kuwait, along with other Arab speaking countries, voted the three no's of the Khartoum Resolution no peace with Israel, no recognition of Israel, no negotiations with Israel. The Kuwait Iraq 1973 Sinai border skirmish evolved on March 20th, 1973 when Iraqi army units occupied El Samada near the Kuwaiti border, which evoked an international crisis. On February 6, 1974, Palestinian militants occupied the Japanese embassy in Kuwait, taking the ambassador and ten others hostage. The militant's motive was to support the Japanese Red Army members and Palestinian militants who were holding hostages on a Singaporean ferry in what is known as the Laju Incident. Ultimately, the hostages were released and the guerrillas allowed to fly to Aden, This was the first time Palestinian guerrillas struck in Kuwait as the al-Sabah ruling family, headed by Sheikh Sabah al-Saleem al-Sabah, funded the Palestinian resistance movement. Kuwait had been a regular endpoint for Palestinian plane hijacking in the past and had considered itself safe. In the 1960s and 1970s, Kuwait was considered the most developed country in the region. Kuwait was the pioneer in the Middle East in diversifying its earnings away from oil exports. The Kuwait Investment Authority is the world's first sovereign wealth fund. From the 1970s onward, Kuwait scored highest of all Arab countries on the Human Development Index. Kuwait University was established in 1966. Kuwait's theatre industry was well-known throughout the Arab world. In the 1960s and 1970s, Kuwait's press was described as one of the freest in the world. Kuwait was the pioneer in the literary renaissance in the Arab region. In 1958, Al Arabi magazine was first published. The magazine went on to become the most popular magazine in the Arab world. Many Arab writers moved to Kuwait because they enjoy greater freedom of expression than elsewhere in the Arab world. The Iraqi poet Ahmed Matar left Iraq in the 1970s to take refuge in the more liberal environment of Kuwait. Kuwaiti society embraced liberal and non-traditional attitudes throughout the 1960s and 1970s. For example, most Kuwaiti women did not wear the hijab in the 1960s and 70s. In the early 1980s, Kuwait experienced a major economic crisis after the Sukh Manik stock market crash and decrease in oil price. During the Iran-Iraq war, Kuwait supported Iraq. Throughout the 1980s, there were several terror attacks in Kuwait, including the 1983 Kuwait bombings hijacking of several Kuwait Airways planes and the attempted assassination of Amir Jaber in 1985. Kuwait was a regional hub of science and technology in the 1960s and 1970s up until the early 1980s, the scientific research sector significantly suffered due to the terror attacks. After the Iran-Iraq war ended, Kuwait declined an Iraqi request to forgive its $65 billion U.S. dollar debt. An economic rivalry between the two countries ensued after Kuwait increased its oil production by 40%. Tensions between the two countries increased further in July 1990 after Iraq complained to OPEC claiming that Kuwait was stealing its oil from a field near the border by slant drilling of the Rumaila field. In August 1990, Iraqi forces invaded and annexed Kuwait without any warning. After a series of failed diplomatic negotiations, the United States led a coalition to remove the Iraqi forces from Kuwait in what became known as the Gulf War. On February 26, 1991, in phase of codenamed Operation Desert Storm, the coalition succeeded in driving out the Iraqi forces. As they retreated, Iraqi forces carried out a scorched earth policy by setting oil wells on fire. During the Iraqi occupation, more than 1,000 Kuwaiti civilians were killed. In addition, more than 600 Kuwaitis went missing during Iraq's occupation, remains of approximately 375 were found in mass graves in Iraq. Kuwait celebrates February 26 as Liberation Day. The event marked the country as the center of the last major war in the 20th century. In the early 1990s, Kuwait expelled approximately 400,000 Palestinian expats. Kuwait's policy was a response to alignment of Palestinian leader Yasser Arafat and the PLO with Saddam Hussein. Kuwait also deported thousands of Iraqis and Yemenis after the Gulf War. In addition, hundreds of thousands of stateless Bedouin were expelled from Kuwait in the early to mid-1990s. At the House of Commons of the United Kingdom in 1995, it was announced that the Al-Sabah ruling family deported 150,000 stateless Bedouin to refugee camps in the Kuwaiti Desert near the Iraqi border with minimal water, insufficient food, and no basic shelter. The Kuwaiti authorities also threatened to murder the stateless Bedouin. As a result, many of the stateless Bedouin fled to Iraq where they still remain stateless people even today. In March 2003, Kuwait became the springboard for the US-led invasion of Iraq. In 2005, women won the right to vote and run in elections. Upon the death of the Emir Jaber in January 2006, Sheikh Saad al-Sabah succeeded him but was removed nine days later due to his failing health. As a result, Sheikh Sabah al-Ahmed al-Jabe al-Sabah was sworn in as Emir. From 2006 onwards, Kuwait suffered from chronic political deadlock between the government and parliament which resulted in multiple cabinet reshuffles and dissolutions. This significantly hampered investment and economic reforms in Kuwait, making the country's economy much more dependent on oil. From 2006 to 2009, Kuwait had the highest human development index ranking in the Arab world. China awarded Kuwait Investment Authority an additional $700 million quota on top of $300 million awarded in March 2012. The quota is the highest to be granted by China to foreign investment entities. In 2014 and 2015, Kuwait was ranked first among Arab countries in the Global Gender Gap Report. In March 2014, David S. Cohen, who was then Secretary of the Treasury for Terrorism and Financial Intelligence, accused Kuwait of funding terrorism. Since the end of the Gulf War in 1991, accusations of Kuwait funding terrorism have been very common and come from a wide variety of sources, including intelligence reports, Western government officials, scholarly research, and renowned journalists. From 2014 to 2015, Kuwait was frequently described as the world's biggest source of terrorism funding, particularly for ISIS and Al-Qaeda. On June 26, 2015, a suicide bombing took place at a Shia Muslim Mosque in Kuwait. The Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant claimed responsibility for the attack. 27 people were killed and 227 people were wounded. It was the largest terror attack in Kuwait's history. In the aftermath, a lawsuit was filed accusing the Kuwaiti government of negligence and direct responsibility for the terror attack. Then on July 4, 2016, Kuwait foiled three preemptive operations on planned attacks by the Islamic State. Due to declining oil prices since the late 2010s, Kuwait has been facing one of the worst economic crunches in the entire region. Historically, Kuwait's infrastructure projects market has underperformed its potential due to political deadlock between the government and parliament. Sabah al Mansi City was inaugurated in mid 2016. In 2020, the Kuwaiti government experienced its first fiscal deficit since 1995. In recent years, Kuwait has invested significantly in its economic relations with China. China has been Kuwait's largest trade partner since 2016. Under the Belt and Road Initiative, Kuwait and China have various cooperation projects, including South Al Mudla, which is currently under construction in northern Kuwait. The Sheikh Jaber Al Ahmed Al Sabah Causeway is part of the first phase of the Silk City project. The causeway was inaugurated in May 2019 as part of Kuwait Vision 2035. It connects Kuwait City to northern Kuwait. The Kuwait National Cultural District comprises the Sheikh Abdullah Al Salem Cultural Center, Sheikh Jaber Al Ahmed Cultural Center, Alabama Shaheed Park, and Al Salam Palace. In 2020, Kuwait's domestic travel and tourism spending was $6.1 billion. The COVID-19 pandemic has exacerbated Kuwait's economic crisis. Kuwait's economy faced a budget deficit of $46 billion in 2020. In September 2020, Kuwait's Crown Prince Sheikh Nawaf al-Ahmed al-Jabe al-Sabah became the 16th Emir of Kuwait and the successor to Emir Sheikh Sabah al-Ahmed al-Jabe al-Sabah, who died at the age of 91. In October 2020, Sheikh Mishal al-Ahmed al-Jabe al-Sabah was appointed as the Crown Prince. Kuwait currently has the largest U.S. military presence in the Middle East region. There are over 14,000 U.S. military personnel stationed in the country. Camp Arifjan is the largest U.S. military base in Kuwait. Located in the northeast corner of the Arabian Peninsula, Kuwait is one of the smallest countries in the world in terms of land area. Kuwait lies between latitudes 28 degrees and 31 degrees north and longitudes 46 degrees and 49 degrees east. Kuwait is generally low lying with the highest point being 306 meters, 1,004 feet above sea level. Mudla Ridge is the highest point in Kuwait. Kuwait has 10 islands with an area of 860 square kilometers, 330 square miles, The Bibian is the largest island in Kuwait and is connected to the rest of the country by a 2,380-meter-long, 7,808-feet, bridge. 0.6% of Kuwaiti land area is considered arable with sparse vegetation found along its 499-kilometer-long, 310-miles, coastline. Kuwait City is located on Kuwait Bay. A natural deepwater harbor, Kuwait's Bergen Field has a total capacity of approximately 70 billion barrels, 11 billion cubic meters of proven oil reserves. During the 1991 Kuwaiti oil fires, more than 500 well lakes were created, covering a combined surface area of about 35.7 square kilometers, 13 plus three quarters sq means. The resulting soil contamination due to oil and sed accumulation had made eastern and southeastern parts of Kuwait uninhabitable. Sand and oil residue had reduced large parts of the Kuwaiti desert to semi-asphalt surfaces. The oil spills during the Gulf War also drastically affected Kuwait's marine resources. Due to Kuwait's proximity to Iraq and Iran, The winter season in Kuwait is colder than other coastal countries in the region, especially UAE, Qatar, and Bahrain. Kuwait is also less humid than other coastal countries in the region. The spring season in March is warm with occasional thunderstorms. The frequent winds from the Northwest are cold in winter and hot in summer. Southeasterly damp winds spring up between July and October. Hot and dry south winds prevail in spring and early summer. The Shamel, a northwesterly wind common during June and July, causes dramatic sandstorms. Summers in Kuwait are some of the hottest on Earth. The highest recorded temperature was 54.0 degrees Celsius, 129.2 degrees Fahrenheit at Mitraiba on July 21st 2016, which is the highest temperature recorded in Asia, Kuwait emits a lot of carbon dioxide per person compared to most other countries. In recent years, Kuwait has been regularly ranked among the world's highest countries in terms of CO2 per capita emissions. At present, there are five protected areas in Kuwait recognized by the IUCN. In response to Kuwait becoming the 169th signatory of the Ramsar Convention, Bibian Islands Mubarak Al-Kabir Reserve was designated as the country's first wetland of international importance. The 50,940 hectares reserve consists of small lagoons and shallow salt marshes and is important as a stopover for migrating birds on two migration routes. The reserve is home to the world's largest breeding colony of crab plover. Currently, 444 species of birds have been recorded in Kuwait, 18 species of which breed in the country. The arfage is the national flower of Kuwait. Due to its location at the head of the Persian Gulf near the mouth of the Tigris Euphrates River, Kuwait is situated at the crossroads of many major bird migration routes and between 2 and 3 million birds pass each year. Kuwait's marine and littoral ecosystems contain the bulk of the country's biodiversity heritage. The marshes in northern Kuwait and Jara have become increasingly important as a refuge for passage migrants. 28 species of mammal are found in Kuwait, animals such as gerboa, Desert rabbits and hedgehogs are common in the desert. Large carnivores such as the wolf, caracal and jackal are no longer present. Among the endangered mammalian species are the red fox and wild cat. Forty reptile species have been recorded although none are endemic to Kuwait. Kuwait Oman and Yemen are the only locations where the endangered smooth-toothed blacktip shark is confirmed as occurring. Kuwaiti Islands are important breeding areas for four species of tern and the Socotra cormorant. Cover Island has been recognized as an important bird area by BirdLife International because it supports a breeding colony of white-cheeked terns. Kuwait is part of the Tigris-Euphrates River System Basin. Several Tigris-Euphrates confluences form parts of the Kuwait-Iraq border. Bubian Island is part of the Shat Al Arab Delta. Kuwait is partially part of the Mesopotamian marshes. Kuwait does not currently have any permanent rivers within its territory. However, Kuwait does have several wadis, the most notable of which is Wadi al-Batin, which forms the border between Kuwait and Iraq. Kuwait also has several river-like marine channels around Bubian Island, most notably Khor abd Allah, which is now an estuary, but once was the point where the Shat al-Arab emptied into the Persian Gulf. Khor abd Allah is located in southern Iraq and northern Kuwait. The Iraq-Kuwait border divides the lower portion of the estuary, but adjacent to the port of Mkasa the estuary becomes wholly Iraqi. It forms the northeast coastline of Bibian Island and the north coastline of Warba Island. Kuwait relies on water desalination as a primary source of fresh water for drinking and domestic purposes. There are currently more than six desalination plants. Kuwait was the first country in the world to use desalination to supply water for large-scale domestic use. The history of desalination in Kuwait dates back to 1951 when the first distillation plant was commissioned. In 1965, the Kuwaiti government commissioned the Swedish engineering company of VBB Sweco to develop and implement a plan for a modern water supply system for Kuwait City. The company built five groups of water towers 31 towers total designed by its chief architect sun lindstrom called the mushroom towers for a sixth site the emir of kuwait sheik Jaber al ahmed wanted a more spectacular design this last group known as kuwait towers consists of three towers two of which also serve as water towers Water from the desalination facility is pumped up to the tower. The 33 towers have a standard capacity of 102,000 cubic meters of water. The water towers, Kuwait Tower and the Kuwait Water Towers were awarded the Aga Khan Award for Architecture, 1980 cycle. Kuwait's fresh water resources are limited to groundwater, desalinated seawater, and treated wastewater effluents. There are three major municipal wastewater treatment plants. Most water demand is currently satisfied through seawater desalination plants. Sewage disposal is handled by a national sewage network that covers 98% of facilities in the country.